Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This podcast deals with topics such as alcoholism and suicide. If you or anyone you know needs help, please call Lifeline on 131114. For me, I drink vodka, a minimum of a bottle a day. That's nothing to me, a bottle of vodka. And at my worst, it was three bottles of vodka a day. That was as bad as it got for me. And that went on for years. And I just could forget about everything and just drink and it ruined my life. From the team at Men's Health Australia, you're listening to Strength Sessions, a podcast that goes beyond the definition of strength. I'm Lincoln Lewis. And I'm Scott Henderson. And today we're joined by a bloke who has worked in radio for 25 years, but for most of that time has been hiding a dark secret. Now, for any of our listeners in Queensland, chances are you'll know the name Ash Bradley. Ash Bradnam has, uh, has been on the radio for the last 25 years. He started off on 4BC, worked for Triple M, then was part of the founding breakfast radio team at uh, Nova Brisbane uh, Breakfast Radio Show, which is just about to have its 15th birthday. Ash, on top of doing the radio, he's written his own feature film called Subdivision, which he wrote alongside his mother and stepfather, which starred Gary Sweet and Brooke Satchwell. So he's in the radio industry, he's been in the film industry, he's a dad of three kids, and he's a lovable bloke who runs a lot of marathons. But Ash is also an addict. For most of his adult life, he's battled with alcoholism. He's been sober for four and a half years now, and he hosts a podcast about it called Addicted. Ash is breaking down boundaries, and we could not be more proud to share this conversation with you. Welcome, yeah. Ash. Welcome, Jay. Yeah, good to have you, buddy. Link, Thank- you know my career better than I do. Yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah, I just work at Triple M. Yes. No, oh, that is the name of the show. Watched yeah. you getting changed this morning, mate. It's a good pair of underwear you chose today. Thank you. I appreciate it, mate. <laughs> it's good to have you, mate. Welcome on the show. No, good to be here, boys. I'm very, uh, very glad to be here. So yeah. I'm presuming that you just came from Nova Studios. Yeah, I have. Uh, just so just doing sh- this exact job, yeah, <laughs> talking exactly. into a microphone. <laughs> Don't tell anyone, but how easy is it? <laughs> <laughs> I make a pretty good living doing this. Can you believe it? Yeah. Mate, talking is the hardest. That's <laughs> yeah. no, great. Um, so, man, I guess taking it straight back, Link kind of gave us a, an overview of your, your kind of career, but how did you get into radio in the first place? I'm going to tell this story because I think it's an amazing story. Like yeah. I had no, I was, Stories fuel this podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's great. I was, I was 23, 24 years of age and I actually had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. Yep. I, was, I was lost. I always wanted to play rugby league. Like I idolise Lincoln's dad, Molly. To me, he's uh, the greatest Queenslander that has ever lived. He's the greatest <laughs> rugby league player that there's ever been. I idolised him as a kid growing up and I wanted to emulate him. Didn't have the talent and my footy career was going nowhere. And out of the blue, one day, I, I live on the Gold Coast here as well, and uh, one day I'd been invited to a dinner party with this girl, Andrea, that lived across the canal that we lived on on the Gold Coast. And I just got back from footy training and she rang me and I was like, oh, that's right, that dinner party's on tonight. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lie and tell her that I'm in Brisbane and I've just come from footy training. I said, Andrew, I can't make it. I'm so sorry. I'm stuck in Brizzy. And she goes, no, you're not. I'm looking across the canal right now. I can, I can see you in the kitchen. You're here. And I went, oh, I've been busted. I'll be over in five minutes. Had a shower. I went over. And it just so happened at this dinner party, there was a guy who was in radio and I spent all night talking to him. I was fascinated with radio. I'd never considered it as an option for me. Two weeks later, that guy 
rang me out of the blue and said, mate, look, a job has become available at the station I work at, which is 4BC in Brisbane, in the sport department. I think you'd be ideal. Something tells me you'd be ideal. Would you be interested? And was that based off your chat at that party? Or? Yeah, just purely yeah. purely off meeting him. And yeah. my life changed that wow. night. I went and did the interview. I can look back now and go, my whole life was prepping to be in radio, but I just didn't know. Yeah. And I often think one of those sliding door moments, I really don't know what I would be doing now if I never went to that dinner party. Yes. Or if uh, Andrea decided, I can see you, but you know what, hang up. Because like, no, no. that's the equivalent these days of calling someone and they look at their mobile phone and then put it straight back in the pocket. Yep. You're like, oh, yeah. crap. Yeah. Like, so yeah. yeah. moral of the story, answer girls' phone calls. Link. It's, it's, yeah. it's, <laughs> and, go, and go to dinner parties. Yeah, go, go. Yeah, yeah it was a weird one though. So I just kind of fell into it. And as soon as I fell into it, I just had this passion for it. I loved yeah. it. I still do. And I just remember this overwhelming sort of sense of relief that, I don't know anything. what I'm going to do with my life, but I know it's, radio is going to be a part of it. Which yeah. is which a place we've all been in. We've all sort of wondered where our direction is, where our path is going. Like we've all questioned where our place is. When you were growing up playing footy and everything like that, did that ever cross your mind in the slightest? No, 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 no. I was hopeless at school, but I could recite almost every rugby league team. Your communication uh, your and for your memory uh, for your passion. I, I mean, of course I get into radio. I used to sit there and commentate the games, but it just <laughs> never clicked with me that this is what you should do. And quite frankly, I always thought it would be that competitive an industry. That yeah. Why would they ever consider somebody like me? Right. And like I said, when I look back on it now, I go, man, you spent your whole life preparing for it and yeah. you just didn't realise it. And then all of a sudden an opportunity presented itself and I was like, I can do this. Yeah. I, I, I can do it. So obviously, you know, I guess one question that I have is, is your line of work, working in radio, you show up every day. It's kind of like working in breakfast television, I guess. You've got to be on your A game all the time. You can't have an off day, but like all of us, you're bound to have oh, an off day. No, oh, Scott, ha- look at my resume, mate. I've had some bad days, mate. <laughs> I've had some bad days. Well, actually, I've got days. the list. No, no, no. <laughs> but how, how do you rally, like, on those off days? How do you turn up and be Ash Bradnam Nova presenter? As I get older, I'm finding it easy to be more authentic. Yep. And that's always been the struggle for me in radio. That's the radio that I like to listen to. I, yep. I love it when I'm in my car. Really good radio shows. I'm a huge fan of the Howard Stern show. I've yep. been listening to him for 20 years. And that show is authentic. It's real. It's genuine. And so therefore, if I'm not feeling on one particular day, if I come in and I'm harboring a grudge or if I'm, if I'm upset about something, I find it best to talk about that and I'm not yep. feeling on today and, and mm. to uh, and that it's actually been a really difficult process and I'm not where I want to be with it but I'm getting better uh, you know progress not perfection but I'm getting better at being me and where I see the, the beauty of my job is that that's kind of what I get paid to do yeah and how easy is that but also how difficult is it yeah just be yourself on yeah. air, it's actually a really difficult thing to do. And that's one of the things that I love. I love Kip and Lutzi, working with them. I've done that a long time. But one of the things I really love about Susie O'Neill is she has this innate quality and ability to just be herself. And yeah. I think that that's what makes her outstanding as a broadcaster. She is just herself. Yeah. Wow. And, and, it's a, and, and it's since, a really beautiful thing. And since making that decision, have you seen your career take a different trajectory? Oh, yeah, yeah, because I was going down the path of being a rugby league caller. Yep. Um, that's, you know, we got into the sport side of things and then the more I sort of was able to just go, well, hang on, I like to have a laugh, I like to stuff around, it just kind of fell into uh, breakfast radio, FM breakfast radio is kind of where I need to be because I've got an avenue there, I've got a, a means by which I can sort of 
come in and have fun. And that's yeah. honestly, that's what I like to do. I like to have fun. I'm, I was the kid at school that was sitting next to the funniest bloke in the classroom and I was laughing and that's kind of what that's I do. That's me now. sitting next to Lynn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. no, but it's kind, of what I, it's kind of what I get with Kip and Lutzi and Suze and Mitch, like we've got a good team yeah. and I come to work each day and it's just like, oh, let's laugh. Which let's is great just, to yeah. listen to because it's so relatable. You're listening to it in the car or at work or whatever, but you get that sense that you're in the studio there with you or so any stuff that you guys are talking about, I, I can picture that kind of stuff in my mind and it's great because we're laughing with you, we're experiencing that kind of stuff with you. And um, to take it back to the team that you're working with, you've been with your co-host, Lutzi. You guys have been mates since you were teenagers. No, no. well, since 4BC. So, so since right. like I think Early it was 20s. 95. Yeah, so yeah, 25 years I've been working with him. Which is I, just such a rare, beautiful thing. Yeah, I think we are each other's most successful relationships. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. You guys are like the radio version yeah. of, of like Billy Slater, Ken Smith and Cooper Cronk. Yeah, They've yeah, been yeah, like yeah. together yeah. since the beginning of their careers. Haven't quite had the success of those guys, but you know, we're, we're going all right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But um, no, it's, it's, it's great when you talk about that kind of stuff, especially when you're on air broadcasting to so many listeners and to be able to say that, you know, it's taken time and that you're still going. You know, when you're listening, we've had many chats about what you see is not always what is going on. Like we see mm. premieres, we see magazines, whatever it is, you always see the best of Instagram. Yeah, so Instagram. To speak. Yeah, exactly. You know, and for you to yeah. have such a platform where you go, we can speak openly and honestly and project that sense of, it's okay to be raw. It's okay to actually say, you know, I'm not having a good day. To be yourself, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This is it's what the podcast is all about. It's about saying progress, not perfection. Yeah. It's okay to say, I'm having a shit day or I'm having a problem with this because as long as you're addressing it and as long as you're able to talk about that and find a way that helps you personally deal with that, that's all you can really ask for because yeah. we're all just having a go. Yeah, I think it resonates with people too when you do share your difficulties that you're going through or, you know, we have, mostly we have fun, but, you know, obviously there's ups and downs in life. I've had plenty of downs and if you can share that, it makes it so much more relatable for someone because everyone has it. Every, like you said, everyone has those ups and downs. You know, hopefully you can learn through the down periods and come out the other side. It's very difficult to talk about though. Yeah. I, I personally find all that stuff so hard to talk about, but I'm constantly working on going effort i'm going to say it yeah there's so many amazing things i want to chat to you about while we have you on this podcast but let's just take it back to what you were just talking about for a minute there and um you, you know you said you've had your down days and everything like that and if it's okay are we are, are yeah, you able to open yeah. up about that yeah. just to yeah say it's it's actually the number one addiction it's worse than ice it's it's worse than gambling it's worse than anything yet because it's actually such an ingrained part of our culture it's almost overlooked as not being the problem that it is. Well, it's legal for starters. We're talking about alcohol. If you haven't, if you haven't figured it out, I'm, I'm an alcoholic and struggled in active addiction for oh, honestly most of my adult life. I never drank until I was nearly 21 years of age. There was something in me that I just I was afraid of it. My dad drank every day. I can just remember as a kid, I'd open up the fridge and it'd be full of beer. Oh, like I wanted to be a sports person, mm. and I went, I, I don't want to drink. And as soon as I drank. I actually drank after a footy game once. That normally they have soft drink and beer. This particular day they didn't have soft drink. We played well or whatever, and I had a beer, and I knew I just knew I was going to have a problem, and I did. And it spiralled out of control pretty quickly for me to the point that you know, despite the fact that my career was going taken off, going really well, yeah. I was a really high functioning alcoholic. For me, I drink vodka a minimum of a bottle a day. That's nothing to me, a bottle of vodka. And at my worst, it was three bottles of vodka a day. That was as bad as it got for me. And that went on for 
it went on for years and I just could forget about everything and just drink and it ruined my life completely and rehabs detoxes hospital police arrests drink driving charges all these things that I'm just so ashamed of my world was rocked somehow through it I honestly don't know how I have managed to you know maintain the job that I love I've been sacked a couple of times and and I've come back but I've been able to keep my family I've got a beautiful wife Jodie she's a clinical psychologist and a doctor of philosophy and she's seen it she's seen she's been there with me for the whole way and our podcast is called addicted and it's not just me telling my story it's Jodie actually sharing her stories like what's it like for the person who loves the addict wow and then as you said it's such a common problem just addiction itself 360 Matt Cooper the NRL player I spoke to Heath Ledger's dad there's so many people that I've spoken to that have come on and gone this is what my story was like and what I realized is that it's a really important conversation that we have because so many of us are struggling with addiction and just numbing in general Mm -hmm. because addiction is a disease of numbness. It's a disconnection from your emotions, from your feelings, from your thoughts. It's a disconnection from from everything. And you can see that played out with, in my case, alcohol or, you know, it might be drugs or sex or poker machines, but it also plays out with overeating, Work, working too yeah. hard, shopping, and now I see like mobile phones, social uh, media, so, yep. social media, all of, all of that stuff. It's a numb, it's a numbing disease, and it's not getting any better. It's just, it's, it's getting worse. And so for you, obviously, you know, yeah. you, you kind of said you went through arrest, you went through, you know, getting fired, that sort of thing. What was the turning point to kind of go, okay, this is a problem that I need to fix? Was it there a turning point, or was it a gradual kind of realization? It was a problem that I knew I had for ten years before I was able to stop. I was able to stop. I couldn't stay stopped. Which is something that so many people struggle with. Yeah, but stopping itself is so hard. To get one day of sobriety up is so hard. I often say, like, I've done 20 marathons now, right? But getting clean is like starting a marathon in reverse when you haven't trained. It's like that first day is you are in the fetal position You are fighting for every inch. You look at the clock and I'd go, I can't believe it's only 12 o'clock. Like an an hour, two hours would pass and you check your watch and it's three minutes past 12. And every fibre in your being, every thought that you have is just, this can stop. This, This torment, this torture can stop if I just drink. And to not do that, you get a day up and then you've got to do it all again. And then you've got to do it all again. It doesn't get better. It didn't get better for me for, for six months. And they, they often say, they say, don't quit until the miracle happens. And I was never able to get close to it. The turning point for me, Scott, to answer your question, was I was going to kill myself. Mm. I, I, I just, my world had fallen out again. This was four and a half years ago. And I just decided I can't go on. I, I can't go on. I can't put my kids through this. I can't put my wife through this. Yep. This is all that my life has amounted to. In the end, is I'm a hopeless alcoholic. And I remember saying, I'm, my, my actual date was, uh, if I'm drinking on New Year's Eve, that's it, I'm checking out. And I knew that I wasn't lying. I'd kind of been down the path a bit before and I just went, I'm, I'm going to give it a, a go. And yeah. I got a day up. I, got a, I mean, I immediately made that decision, I'm going to get sober, and I went straight to the bottle shop and drank. But the next day was my, my first day of clean time and I was able to just somehow rather string those days together. And then when they talk about that miracle, and I'm not a religious person, I'm, although I'm 
really embracing spirituality in my recovery. And so that was in August of 2015. I did the Honolulu Marathon in December of 2015. Yeah, so not quite six months, but I remember running the marathon and it was the first time I'd ever flown. I was just chalking off first, like first time I'd ever flown without being blind drunk, first time I'd ever had a holiday with my children without drinking all the time and all, all the rest of it. And... Somewhere on that marathon course in Waikiki and on Honolulu, I realised, I just remember this overwhelming sense of just being alive and being proud. Yeah. And it had been so long since I'd been proud of myself yeah. and going, fuck, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And there's a big difference between not drinking and not wanting to drink. Yeah. And in that moment, I went, I don't want to drink. Wow. So you've been now sober for over four years, correct? Four, yeah, four and a half. Four yeah. and a half years, yeah. and and you've run twenty marathons. My wife runs every day, yeah, and and I don't really enjoy running, to be honest with you. But there's something about a marathon that that I do love. You know, I remember my first year of sobriety, I broke that up into a marathon. Every three months was ten k, so because I really wanted one year of sobriety, I'd, like to me that was a, just a dream, and so. I'd, Three months, I go, okay, I'm 10K in. And then all of a sudden, another three months, I'm six months, I'm halfway there. The other thing about the marathon running, and I've got into swimming and I've done a couple of Ironman now as well, is that to do one, you've got to train for it. And to train means that you've got to make plans. That's structure. Yeah. And what I've found in my recovery is that structure is really important to me. Yeah. Like, because if, if I'm not following that structure, it's a pretty big warning sign what's going on here. So, yeah, I have kind of a pretty structured life I stray from it a bit every now and then I'm a rebel by nature but you know I, I do have a structured life that I, I kind of try as hard as I can to follow yeah yeah. yeah, and it seems almost, you know, just from chatting to off air before, you know, we were talking about health and fitness and kind of new approaches. It seems like you've almost immersed yourself in that world. You know, we were talking about ice swimming and yeah. you, you want to do the English Channel. And it's well, kind I of, was thinking about doing the English yeah. Channel. And I, worked <laughs> I didn't out, want to W it. I just I, wanted to. <laughs> yeah, I worked out I'm nowhere near tough enough. Those, uh, those ice swimmers are, are just incredible. Things yeah. like pushing your body to the limits and, and to what you think your limits are and trying to, to push past them. Well, I haven't done anything yet and as I move along in my recovery now I go god I've got so I actually got so many blessings out of the fact that I am an addict because that was my only coping mechanism for so long was to numb it out to drink vodka and to, to not feel anything that you take that away the only medicine that you know good bad whatever to deal with any human emotion my only answer was to drink and all of a sudden that's off the table so what I've been forced to do is I've been forced to deal with the things that I probably don't want to by nature, which is my feelings, my thoughts, and my emotions, and to live with them and to find a way that I can live with myself and build a relationship with myself. And that's been one of the best blessings that I've got out of being an addict. And the more that I discover about myself, the more that I sort of grow. And I'm not, I don't feel like, I hope this doesn't sound like I'm up myself at all, but I feel proud. Yeah. And it's like, I even feel uncomfortable saying that now because I feel like I'm up myself. But see, that's the that's yeah. the whole premise of our podcast, yeah. Ash. You know, yeah. and, and Scotty and I both just looked at each other at the same time because that's why we started this. And it's so great because like everything you're talking about, like your your road to recovery and your mindset on everything, 
really does embody the Australian bloke. You're learning so much about yourself. We're trying to put things out there and so many people are trying to break down the walls of going, it's okay to love yourself. It's okay to have that relationship with yourself and actually say, I am proud of what the journey I've had. And to be able to say, this achievement, I'm proud of that. You're allowed to celebrate right. the achievements. It feels that you, wanky though. It does. It, it and that's the problem so with the Australian, like yeah. with a lot of things about Australia, it's just so amazing. But the thing where we're not allowed to give ourselves credit for something, you know, obviously a pat on the back, you know, absolutely yeah. is, is one of those things that we, we just, is just absolute horseshit. And to be able to say, you know what, for what I've done and the person that I know I am and my mindset and this and that, and I'm so proud of that, you should be able to do that and to be able to go look at your mates or look at the people around you and go, no, I'm, I'm super proud because you have people around you cheering you on. And for you to actually be able to see, look inside yourself and go, I am proud. I am so proud. I've just put one foot in front of the other. Like we, we had a chat with Luke Zocchi and Dylan Garft, Cameron Datto, you know, each one of them all have a very similar mindset of going with wherever I've been, it's just putting that one foot in front of the other and be happy with yourself that you've taken that next step because taking the step is hard. And and for you to describe it as saying doing a marathon backwards is probably the best description because I, you know, I can't comprehend someone else's journey and Scotty, you wouldn't be able to comprehend someone else's journey other than your own. But to hear that description of saying doing a marathon backwards is how you can describe that literally gives me such a deep insight as to what you're talking about. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and and I started rambling before, but just talking about the marathon there reminds me that the reason I reckon I can do the marathons, another blessing I've got out of the addiction is that I've never done anything harder than detox physically. I've mm. never been through anything remotely, even in the same vicinity as going through a detox. And so when I'm doing a marathon, one of the things I love about it, and I say to anyone, if you're listening to this, you can do a marathon. I'm a very average person and you can do it. And the great thing about a marathon is that there's a start and a finish. And every step you take, you're closer to the finish. Yeah. Yeah. But there, there is actually a finish to it. And there's something beautiful about the feeling that you get when you cross the line and you sit back at the end of the race and you reflect on, oh, I remember at the 18K mark, God, I wanted to give up then. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I wanted to give up. And then, then that feeling of pride about the fact that you didn't. The marathon yeah. is such a good analogy for, for kind of everything, you know, overcoming addiction, kind of getting through struggles because, you know, I always say to people using the marathon example, they're like, oh, I could never run a marathon. And I say exactly the same yeah. thing. I'm like, you can. Running a marathon doesn't mean you have to run sub three hours or, you know, you don't have to break a world record. You could take three days to crawl out a marathon, you yeah. know. It's one step at a time. You'll get there. Yeah, like you can do it and it's it's marathons it's it's challenges in life it's work it's addiction it's it's kind of everything that same principle applies you don't have to set a world record and you can to back up your guys points you can be proud of yourself for getting there too yeah oh, and you do and you get it and you get yeah. a medal you get a medal yeah. and uh, you, you know what I mean yeah. oh, I love those medals I keep them in the studio at work I just pinned the, I did Honolulu again last year I just pinned that up again on the wall just last week, actually. But Gordon Ramsay, I met Gordon Ramsay once, and Gordon Ramsay's run, he's run ultra marathons. He's done like 100K events. He's done a lot of Ironman, and I, I met him once. And, and he's the only person out of all the people that I've ever interviewed, and, you know, and there's some big names in there, that my wife said, I really want to meet Gordon Ramsay. So she came along, and I sat in a room like this and interviewed Gordon Ramsay, and I brought up the marathon training. This is, I was, I was actually drunk when I interviewed him. I was off chops at the time like my life was out of control but I always remember him saying to me I said oh because Jodie was about to run her first at the time I said oh Jodie's about to run a first marathon and he and they were having a chat and then he turned to me and he said are you going to run it and I went oh 
no, I can't. I mean, the thought of me running a marathon was like, you know, I went, no, no, no way, no way. He goes, can you run 10K? And I went, yeah, I can run 10K, run a marathon. It's 14 Ks. Yeah, it's just four uh, reps. Yeah, wow. yeah. <laughs> 14K. <laughs> and I think about that all the time. Even in my sobriety, that getting that first year up, those 10K markers, they come and go. And if you can just keep going yeah. and don't limit yourself, like don't limit yourself that you have to stop at 10. If you just keep going, you go, far out. I can actually run a marathon. And like, you'll get there. And you can get, and you'll get there. And you'll cross that line, yeah. Yeah, and then like you said, who gives a shit if it's at six hours? Yeah, Or no if one. it's at seven hours or, or whatever, yeah. it, you do it. And there's just um, And it's very rare, unless you're an athlete, that someone will go, what was your time? Yeah. Because yeah. it's probably going to be better than this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember my grandmother, <laughs> uh, she's gone now, but grandma, I did New York and the New York Marathon. I've done that a couple of times now. And uh, she goes, she goes, how'd you go in New York? It was great. And she goes, did you win it? <laughs> I, went, I went, no. Well, why'd you fly all the way over there if you're just going to lose it? You can you lose know, races on the Gold Coast. <laughs> yeah. but the fact that she thought you could. Yeah, you know, yeah, thank, thanks, Granny. Yeah, 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 such a grandparent yeah, thing yeah, as well. Because yeah, like, they just like, yeah, how'd you go? They say, well, how did you go? Did you win? <laughs> oh, no, not this time. I oh. should have lied to her and told her I won the New York Marathon. Because if they give you a medal, won. if they give you a medal, just yeah, like, here's my... Here's yeah. my <laughs> there it is, Granny. It's my first place medal. And yeah. um, we ask all of our guests this one question. I'm really interested to hear your take on it because I feel like it's going to come from a perspective we haven't heard from before but in your mind what is strength in 2020 for a man what is strength yeah that's a really tough question and i the, love the, the word that it gives our guests like the, it's just it, it's a really I love tough when they go question. that's a great question yeah. yeah and i'm like thank you yeah <laughs> because it's but, yeah. It, it is it, it's a really it's a yeah, really good question tough. because strength originally you know for so many generations it's always been like well how how heavy is something you can pick up and put yeah. it back down you know be strong blah, blah. we are finally starting to you know realize that True strength is what you believe is like, you know, it's it's not just how strong it is, it's upstairs, it's it's in your heart, it's in your mind and mentally. So what is, yeah, what is I it I think the you? best part of that question as well is every person has a different answer and it's yeah. something so be, different. That's a, it's a really good question. Yeah. I think the word that, that comes up for me, and you're right, my mind is drifting. Not, it, it, the, the word that is, and I'm reluctant to say it again because I'm feeling like a wanker, but the word that comes up is is vulnerability for me the ability to have the strength to show your vulnerability in life gives you the opportunity to be authentic. And the older I get, the more that I just, I want as much peace as I can within myself. So I know that the answer for me is to be really open and honest with myself. That's what I've learned. All my coping mechanism, the, you know, like I said, the vodka is gone. I've got to deal with my thoughts, feelings and emotions. I had a mate who has just, his divorce came through last week and uh, he got really sad about that. And he's going through a, a tough time and it just really struck me that, you know, I love my wife and I hope that I'm there with, that we're there for forever. But the one thing I'm guaranteed of is that I'm going to be with me forever. Mm. <laughs> that's the only thing that's a sh that, that I'm certain of, is it's going to be me. And so I want to have the best relationship with me that I can. And the only way I can do that is to learn about me, accept me, and that means being vulnerable. So that's what it is for me. And, and I know that that probably sounds wanky. It doesn't. But it's, it's allowed me, a dumbass, redneck Queenslander like me, 
from going to drink three bottles of vodka a day because I can't deal with my thoughts, feelings and emotions. It's allowed me in the space of four short years to be able to live with myself, be happy and peaceful beyond anything that I could have ever even knew existed. And it's also allowed me to have such better relationships with the people that I love in my life, like mm. my, my wife, my children. Oh my God, my relationship with my kids is so much better now because I'm taking care of the relationship with myself. It's not bullshit. It's 100% real that you can, through fostering a better relationship with yourself, change your life and change your life for the better and change the relationships that you have with people that you love in your life and even the people that you just encounter. Because, mm. mate, Scott, I, I've never met you before, right? And I'm kind of reclusive by nature, but the, the idea to me is just dawning on me now that here I am sitting down sharing all my shit. Yeah. yeah. And I don't <laughs> care. Like, yeah. I, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm so cool with it now. Well, mate, we appreciate it because it, it, it helps one person, it's worth it. You know yeah, what I mean? And it's, it does. That's the other yeah. thing is it does help people. It does, yeah. And, and what a great feeling that gives you. Because it normalises the conversation. Yes, yes that's yeah. it. Yeah. 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 We, we get this look where we yeah. look across and we're like, yeah, yeah I was yeah. going to say that. And we, we decide who's going to talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we've also, Good. like, after hearing everything that you've just said, and I know Scotty just looked at me and we, we had that same look where we just both know that we're in awe and inspired from what you just said. Yeah. And it's not, and, and you know, when I, you came in here, I, I already know that you're an inspiration to blokes, but you know what, to everything you've just been saying, to everyone that's going to be listening, whether it be guys or girls, your journey and your mindset and everything you've just opened up to with such vulnerability and open and honestness. That's a word, honest? honesty. Honesty. Yeah. Oh, that's the word. No wonder that's I right. failed fucking English. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I with such, with look such, what, look what they let me do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> with such honesty, it's is so inspiring, and there's so many things now that. I'm now going to have in my own mind of my own relationship with myself. And so I can't even begin to imagine all the, all the different people listening because while you're sitting there chatting, I find myself just nodding away. I'm just nodding in agreement. There are a few fist pumps there from you too. Yeah, there was a couple. When, yeah. when, when pearls of wisdom were dropped. <laughs> yeah. You know? So yeah. I'm, I'm super stoked you came in here to give us your time and, and open up so honestly because there's going to be a lot of people that benefit from this. And like you guys were just saying, if, if it even affects one person for the better then you've done your job right. Mm. Yeah. And with, with something like this, with something so widespread and unaddressed, with a chat like this, it's something that you just want to shout from every rooftop. So thank you. No, no, yeah, thank you, thank you Ash. I thank appreciate you, it. Uh, can I give a shout out to my podcast? Just to, if, any, yeah, if any, yeah, any of you are listening now and you are struggling with addiction or someone you know and love is struggling with addiction, uh, I, I just say this because I know that through the feedback I've got that the podcast does help. It's called Addicted and uh, you can listen to my story of where I've been. I have been up and down the road with it. So go and listen to that because this is a problem that like, I guess, you know, talking about our feelings and all the rest of it, largely goes unaddressed. People don't talk about it, get swept under the carpet. God knows I did it for decades before I was willing to sort of face up to it. So you can check that out if you've got a... Um, we'll put, we'll put the link in the description of this episode. Absolutely. All right. So no, Ash Bradnam, right. Addicted, is, is the name of the podcast. And Scott, when are we doing a marathon? Oh. oh. Hey. We're on here, boys. Can you run 10K? Uh, can barely, you run 10K? Barely, very oh, slowly. No, no, no. One step at a time. <laughs> well, that's all you have look, to do. Look at that synergy. That's like poetic justice right there. Uh, thanks, boys. Ash, what a thanks, pleasure. Mate. Thank you guys for listening and for joining us um, on this latest episode. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Thanks everyone for tuning in and yeah, can't wait to bring you guys more.
Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> 